You're at the Coaching Inn, 3D Coaching's virtual pub where we enjoy conversations with people who are engaged in the world of coaching. Morning, welcome to this week's episode of In the Arena. Um, for those of you that don't know me, I'm Kirsty Elderton. I'm the CEO of a coaching company called Simply Coaching. And we also partner with 3D Coaching. Um, and I was an associate of 3D in the UK for uh, many years while I lived in the UK. I'm now based over here in Melbourne. And as well as my coaching practice, I'm also a consultant, a management consulting firm where I lead the design practice there and do a lot of projects looking at how to redesign services around the needs of people. And it's endlessly fascinating to me how coaching shows up in all sorts of unexpected situations, whether it's coaching new consulting clients in how to use design approaches and methodologies, whether it's about coaching team members to perform in their roles or coaching the team to perform as a, you know, to get to be a really high performing team or whether it's coaching skills and things like co-design. Um, but just to set the scene a little while, Claire's away on sabbatical walking the Camino. We've put together a, a mini series, if you like, that explores coaching at the intersection of leadership. And we've taken all of those wonderful leadership qualities like adaptability, creativity, equity, and we've asked someone who magnifies this quality to step into the arena and describe what it means to walk the talk, if you like, of this quality day in and day out. So whether you're a coach, whether you're a leader, whether you're someone that experiences coaching, um, I hope that there's going to be something in this for you where you can um, learn from someone who really is a great example of that skill and quality um, and think about how it might apply in your own practice. And so today is absolutely no different than some of the other episodes. Um, I'm really delighted to have with us today Carolina Gatan. Um, and I'm going to ask Carolina to introduce herself in a moment. But before I do that, I should say that I have um, been gently stalking, um, not in a very creepy way, I hope, Carolina's career um, for the whole time that I've lived over here in Melbourne. And I've seen firsthand the really deep empathy that she has for her friends, for her family, for her colleagues, and for her work. And I'm sure Carolina will tell you more about her work in a sec. But um, she's worked in all sorts of sectors in all sorts of industries. And brings that real sense of authenticity and deep empathy into everything that she does. And so when we were thinking about talking about empathy on this episode, there was no one better, I thought, than we could to invite into the arena with us this morning than Carolina. So today the focus is empathy and we're really delighted to have you with us, Carolina, to hear more about you, more about your work and more about what you've been learning about this much talked about leadership quality empathy in all of the different places and spaces that you that you show up um, so kick us off Carolina let's introduce yourself tell us a little bit about you where you're from your work and perhaps what empathy means to you thanks Kirsty uh, first of all I have to say that I'm, I'm a bit emotional now thanks for those kind words about me oh, it's uh, and um, yeah, and, and, I, and I feel really scared also because I feel that I'm not 
uh, that I still have a lot learning in, in the space of, of, of empathy, but that's something that we will talk about today when talking about me. Uh, I'm Carolina Gaitan. Um, my accent is from South America, so I'm from Colombia. Uh, I was born in, in Bogota, Colombia, but I've been living in, in Melbourne for um, nine years now, and now I can call myself a, a proud Australian also. <laughs> uh, and, and that's part of my journey, journey the, the journey of, of, of migration uh, brings you brings a new uh, context to, to change that change your perspective. And that has a lot to do with, with empathy that, that we, we can talk about today also. And career-wise, well, I'm, I'm married. I don't have kids. Uh, with my husband, we decided not, not to, to have kids many years ago. Um, and and career-wise, uh, I've been working in, in the design space, in human-centered design um, and, and innovation for almost oh my goodness, more than 15 years, I would say, plus another 10 years in marketing. I work, as, as you mentioned, in, in many industries. I started working in, in fast-moving consumer goods. Uh, but when I came to Australia, uh, I worked more, more, I've been working mostly with government, um, developing new products and services uh, to serve the greater good. And, and that's something that I'm really proud of being working for, for, for a greater purpose, serving public transport users or uh, bushfire recovery um, affected communities uh, or working with many state governments uh, helping them to improve how they, they serve the community. That's me. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Carolina. Um, so just you you talk there about the sort of diverse spaces that you've been working in, everything from kind of um, consumer products all the way through to kind of bushfire recovery and a bunch of stuff in between. Carolina, just tell us a little bit about how important empathy has been Um in all of those diverse spaces that you that you've worked yeah i think that it's uh, it's about caring about people um and i and i ended up working in i started in marketing because i was told in univer university oh marketing is all about the the user and the end consumer uh it gets it, in in practice, it, it gets uh, modified a bit more in terms of how you push and sell a bit more products. But mm. um, but that's what drove me towards uh, towards marketing. And then uh, coming into product development and service design is making sure that um, whatever services or products or organizations are delivering, it's it, it's about the people that they are they are serving. And, and the nature of understanding, either if it's in consumer goods or government services, is understanding people's needs, drives, and, and how um, uh, the products or services that you work uh, on um, are helping them to achieve their goals. Uh, and empathy plays a, a, an important role because it's, it's, um, it's important to bring people along the journey to Put yourself, we, we talk a lot about putting yourself in the shoes of, of others, but but it has so many meanings that uh, that over the years I started with, okay, empathy is about putting yourself in the shoes of others. Um, but when you 
bring your own context in in those shoes is not the same so you have to be very careful in how you manage your biases uh, to understand uh, someone else's point of view because your context is is very different and for me I've been lucky of changing context uh, in through industries for example or moving to to another country uh, helps you to bring new perspectives and see how people would see things differently because their context that they've been living in is is different from yours. So I think that that those the changes in in different uh, across different industries has helped me to 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 see that 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 context uh, and how people live situations are are very different from your own. Mm, that's so interesting, Carolina, because I was just reflecting that. Um... In the work that you do, there's a level of kind of interpretation of people's needs to build that kind of empathy that you're describing. And I was just thinking that in the coaching space, um, one of the things I think great coaching and Claire speaks to this so wonderfully in her book, Simplifying Coaching, um, is that one of the things we try to do in the coaching space um, is to not interpret or to not over interpret on someone else's behalf or make meaning for them and so I'm wondering how you find that tension between those two different modes of oh I need to understand and make sense versus ah I can help create space for you to understand and make your own meaning which is more of a coaching angle yeah, and, and thanks for, for mentioning that. I, I, I forgot to say something very important on my introduction and is that I've been lucky enough to, to participate with, with you in, 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 in 3D training um, on, on coaching. And uh, I didn't know much about, about coaching before that. I've, I've experienced coaching before. Uh, but one of the things that I learned a lot from transforming conversations, it was about exactly what you just said that is not about that you are there as a listener and as a facilitator of someone else's thinking process um, and that requires tons of empathy empathy because it's not about you being there to fix the problem for someone or to tell them what to do or to put in your your own thinking mm-hmm. it's more about supporting that that person to to go through the their own sense making process um and that's super critical for for empathy and that's one of the tools that that i've been using most because i'm not i'm not practicing as a coach like in, in itself but but in everything that i do it's it's about bringing that mindset of i'm a learner here i'm a facilitator in this process um and therefore my ways of thinking are not critical or important here because our whole life we've been taught that your value is in producing something that is is on your own or giving someone else advice. So it's really counterintuitive from from what you've been told, what your value is, um, especially in the professional environment uh, and changing that mindset to it's, it's about being here as a facilitator Mm. I love that reflection Carolina that um, it's sort of counterintuitive and a bit opposite 
to what we're told is valued, you know, fixing things, solving problems, making stuff happen, um, as opposed to equipping and enabling others to make their own meaning and have their own, you know, either big light bulb moments or many sort of small light bulb moments along the way. Um, I'm wondering what that means for how others experience your leadership style. Well, what I've, what I've heard in, in the feedback that, uh, that I always ask for is, um, is that sense of um, ownership of what people do so that it's that you are opening an, a space for them to to contribute to do what they need to do to bring their own thinking and especially when when uh, when you become a leader or a manager especially when managers it's, it's very strange the managers is being a manager is super critical but it's something that you are not you're not trained on uh and unusually a career path is that oh you get a you, you get a level of expertise that then puts you in that managerial career but actually you have to unlearn that you are not now only the expert and you're not just imposing your ideas into others uh, but it's setting back a bit holding sometimes a bit your your expertise to allow your team to to come up themselves with uh with the answers um so it's um it's uh it's holding that space that allows people to to bloom and 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 to do what they need to do which is really hard because a whole your whole life be before you get into into management roles you are always in trying to prove that you are the expert that you are the one that is bringing the solution to the table so it's it's really hard to make that shift and, and it takes a lot of self-awareness and, and work in, in yourself more than uh, more technical expertise. Mm. That's so interesting, isn't it? Because um, I think when we think about empathy, we think about understanding others. But what I'm picking up, Carolina, is something that actually I think Brené Brown talks about in her descriptions of empathy, which is, Actually, it starts with knowing knowing yourself and knowing your own emotions and having that self-awareness. And that, that's sort of what I'm hearing from you as well. Yeah, and, and that's, that's a really great point because when, when we had the discussion about doing this, this podcast, I started going back to reading some things and, and rereading a, a bit of what, what Brené Brown says in, 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 in there to lead on, on empathy. Uh, and it, it has that has been my my experience because sometimes the definition starts with put yourself in someone else's shoes. So it's it's about it's not about yourself. It's about the other person, mm. which is true. But the thing that we don't think about is that in order to do that, you have to leave behind your own baggage. So and and so starting with knowing yourself and and when she talks about shame, for example, and where where the the and um and that uh um, sorry <laughs> in 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 shame what 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 she talks about is uh, one of the sources of shame. It's um. It's that sense of vulnerability, putting yourself out there. And if you're living you, what you know of and what you're uh, 
what you're being known as as the expert and you leave that behind that open sense of space for vulnerability and that's where where uh, shame comes in and then for you it's really hard to to really move away from that and and i'm being in the space of the other person being uncomfortable in in a space where you don't have the same context you don't have the same uh, experiences that that person has had in the past and and you are not there to provide your advice or your expert opinion um so that's why it, it should always start with working in in yourself so the more you know yourself the more you know your biases your flows um then the more you you can go out there and put put your vulnerability in front of someone else uh, uh and 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 leave the barrier mm-hmm. to to really empathize with with that person so even sometimes when when the definition about um putting yourself in the shoes of the other person. I I don't like it much because it could be misinterpreted as I bring my own baggage and I just just think about this person, but it's what I would do in this situation. And actually it's the opposite. If we we use the same analogy, I would say that the shoes are the ones that have that, that experience, that context. So you literally have to take your shoes off, which is leaving that that baggage behind and just bring yourself in terms of who you are as a human and then when you put the other person's shoes on is well this is a new context this is a new experience and trying to feel what that feeling how it will feel like because we all as humans we all understand that common language of feeling how feeling shame how feeling fear looks like but how those things, those feelings feel in different contexts that you've never been in is what you, you need to do through empathy. Mm. So, so it's being very conscious of that, of leaving your baggage behind. And there's the other word that was just sort of buzzing around my head while I was listening to you, Carolina, was um, this word, this word awareness. Um, because there's also that, you know, in a coaching in a coaching mode, there's also the, I'm noticing a, noticing a feeling in myself that may have something to do with the thing that's been talked about in coaching. And by being able to, to name it and label it um, can be really helpful. But if your starting position is, my shoes are fine, I'm coming to explore your shoes, um, there's sort of a funny power imbalance there, isn't there? There's an othering thing that happens, um, which feels counter to the idea of empathy. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. So that, that's why always um, thinking that you can, empathy starts with um, with being comfortable with, with your own imperfections. Mm. Uh, because sometimes we think that the only way that we do, that we can empathize with others is because you are in a better position than that, that, that person. And, um, and that's not, not necessarily true. That's why sometimes uh, the best people to provide empathy in a situation is someone that has gone through, through hard situations, not necessarily the same, but because they can, yeah. they can feel um, better they can understand better 
um, that situation. So in this case, is 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 the opposite. The the less you you know about those situations, the harder it is to 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 put yourself in. Mm. But at the same time. One of the things, and actually, I'm going to to recommend these these later. I've been reading some things, but going back to the analogy of putting yourself in the shoes of others, that sometimes when you've been in in those shoes before, when you've experienced that thing, it's much harder to empathize with that that person because you bring your own experience. So, when in my context, when you've been, you are part of a target market if you're talking about them in the commercial space or or you you are a user of that product or service is harder to empathize with others because we assume that my experience is everybody's experience and and that's not true because the context for everybody even if everybody went through bushfire uh bushfires here for example everybody lived it in a different way and there, there's a lot of studies showing how different communities and the level of resilience and, and uh, in that community before the event play a role in how people live that experience so the context is different and therefore yes it's the same um a, a, a event but everybody lives it in a different way and it sounds so blooming obvious when you say it, doesn't it? But actually, it's really hard to practice because we slip into we slip into that. Oh, my experience is the same as everybody's, particularly if you're from um, the dominant cultural norms of a place. Um, yes, I think that's a really it's a really useful reminder. Yeah. One of the other things I've been thinking about, Carolina, around empathy is, um, and you mentioned part of your story is migration. Um, You're also female, English as a second language, with an empathic leadership style. And I was wondering if people, if others confuse empathy with I'm going to say weakness, but insert your own word here, Um, confuse it with something else. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes what what I've noticed, for example, and and you you talked about some of of my my own characteristics about being being different, so being a migrant, being a woman in a a country that where... uh, the main language is is not my native language. Um, one of the things that surprised me when when I came to Australia that I that I never felt before in my in my own country is um is being feeling that you're being treated differently because you are a woman in the working space. Mm. Uh, and, and especially when you come from a third world country and you're you have these idealized world of oh it, Australia is a first world country it's everything is perfect right and you come in and, and you and you see that difference um that uh, that, that surprised me uh, a lot but then I started to look at how women and men 
um, interact different in the in the in the working environment here in Australia. And there is a lot of cultural differences that 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 play a role. And then uh, one of the things that I noticed is going back to those weakness weakness points is that I've noticed here that uh, showing your how your feminism is could could be seen as as a weakness. Um, so. What I've done is showing how that that is that is not a weakness, just being authentic. That's just being being yourself, and that's hard when you see that 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 characteristic is is being seen as a weakness. But if you just keep true to yourself, it starts shining and changing. And actually, I've seen in the last couple of years uh, changes in 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 Australia in in that sense, and it's because I've seen more. Uh, women of diverse backgrounds coming um, in, into um, not necessarily managerial spaces, but, but in the workplace and with all the, the movements uh, that I've seen. So the more we, we keep bringing our authentic selves um, to the workplace, uh, the more uh, others can see reflected themselves and then things start changing. Mm. slowly but it's hard because you you're you feel vulnerable you all the time uh so I, I'm going back to work on yourself again and answer and, and think about well is this really a weakness to us as others could see it and if, if you find that that it's something that that you can find a strength from then you just get you just have to keep going mm. uh, and, and what I've heard from people is, uh, well, I, I, I like your authenticity. And, and uh, I even think like, oh, you are so smiley. <laughs> you smile all the time. And I was like, oh, I never realized that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, it's just, I think it's just, it's just about keep, um, that makes you stronger. Uh, even at some, even if at some point you you feel that uh, a, a bit weak, but but if you just keep going, it, it gets better. And what I'm picking up, Carolina, and these are maybe my well, they're definitely my words, not yours. But it feels like there's um the it feels like there's a sort of double burden here. There's the show up and do the job and perform well so that you can be valued and all of those other good things that come from having a you know that strong identity in the workplace but there's this second layer of like oh I need to inventory myself and check in on myself and make sure that I'm showing up in a way that's authentic to me when all of these pressures are kind of pushing me in this direction or that direction um and I was just sort of reflecting that that sounds like a lot of emotional labor. <laughs> and so how do you take care of yourself in the midst of all of that? Yeah, yeah, that's, that, that's, a, that's a really good point. And yeah, it takes a lot of um, energy and, and, and a spiritual breath. Actually, the last 
five years I've been in a journey of working more in my my spiritual journey and it's uh it's how you you nurture yourself and that comes back to knowing yourself better um and it's not to to say oh, I'm I'm perfect or how I can improve because sometimes uh uh, I've been doing this my whole life, but it was always about what is the next thing that I need to learn or that I need to improve on or how I, I fill in my gaps. Um, but now it's more about how I can understand myself better to be um, empathetic with myself, because that's, that's the other thing that we talk about empathy for others. Uh, but actually, we need to start applying empathy to ourselves and being, and that's part of self-care. It's a, it's a, uh, I'm not good enough, or I should know better, I should have done better, or um, uh, comparing yourself with others, that, that's part of lack of empathy with yourself, which, which is something that not many people talk about. Self-love, self-care is about being empathetic with yourself also yeah and what what have you found to be helpful in that space because I'm I'm thinking from a you know I I feel pretty well supported Carolina in my roles at now so I have a really excellent performance coach that helps me debrief have a really wonderful group of colleagues um in coaching get wonderful supervision from Claire and some of the other folks at 3D and so I guess I, f- I feel pretty lucky that I've got this kind of network to lean on. But, um, yeah, I'm wondering if there's more around that self-care piece. Yeah, I think that one of one of the things, because you mentioned all the things that you can do, and one of the things that, that I've been trying to work on is actually to stop and rest a bit and to take, and that it's okay mm. to take time off and to, and to just, do nothing to or to just sit down and have a cup of tea and and um and, and do nothing and being and being with yourself that's part of self-care that's that's what I've learned a lot because we are in this world that you always have to be productive you always have to do something good so you should be um and I've been I've been uh, looking at some trends in, in LinkedIn, people saying this thing about pushing that every time if you have a bit of time, then you should be studying something, you should be learning a new skill, you should be doing something else. Uh, and some others saying, well, actually, stopping and doing nothing, it's also good for yourself. Um, and uh, and not feeling guilty about it, because I've been, I feel guilty many, many times about Oh, I'm not doing something productive right now. And then the 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 stress starts creeping in and it's like, no, 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 I you, you're wasting your time. Mm. <laughs> so I think that that's that's the balance. Yes, finding new ways of becoming a better person or learning something new. Um, it's important and having your your networks of, of support, but also taking time off. Um, and that's part of self-care I'm so happy that you raised that Um, I've been watching with interest the kind of conversation about back to the office versus working from home and there's kind of evangelists on both ends of those spectrums and you know of course probably the the answer is somewhere in the middle as it always is but um, 
on the working from home front, I've just, I've seen so much about productivity. I can achieve so much. And, and I sort of thought, well, actually, I used to quite like my walk <laughs> to the tram stop, or I used to quite like listening to a podcast on my way into work, like, or on my way home, it kind of de-stressed me and it helped me um, close out my day well. And I don't know that I want to be productive every single second of every day. Um, so I really like this, um, yeah, this reminder about rest yeah. <laughs> and fun. Yeah, and even human interaction, because now that you, you talk about uh, in, in the working space with uh, being productive and working from home, I've heard people saying, yes, I'm more productive at home because no one is interrupting me. Yes, you're right. But on the other hand, it's, how much do you miss from just talking to someone at the kitchenette while you're having a coffee? Um, and uh, and that brings another uh, team building and, and, and cultural benefits, but personally how that nurtures yourself. And that helps us to de- and, uh, create that sense of, of empathy and, and getting to know other humans that is not just about meeting them on a well we have 30 minutes we're here to talk about this in front of a computer (laughs) um you you lose that touch of of knowing the person behind their role or behind the task that you have at at hand and 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 that that's part of of empathy and skills and with kids that has happened the same during during the pandemia when they were talking about not only that they lost um timing in it in, in the learning process, but it's more about developing those early skills um, of socializing and developing empathy through simply interactions face-to-face with their peers. And they lost all of that, those opportunities of that face-to-face interaction. You've given us so much to think about on this topic, Carolina. Thank you so much for talking so um, openly with us about some of the some of the highs and the lows of um, of this journey and your leadership journey, particularly. But um, for listeners who might want to kind of delve a little bit deeper or take this idea a little bit further is there we we had this notion of a kind of wrap, something to watch, read, listen to. Um, or ponder and I I wondered if you had any sort of recommendations for people that want to delve a little bit deeper yeah yeah so there I was thinking about it and um, in terms of watching I was at the beginning I was thinking about well I watched a lot of um, TED talks and all those kind of things but I was like something fun to do and actually the best uh, things to watch and empathy are um those movies that are designed in theory for kids, but they are so profound in, in, in teaching empathy. And one of them is, is that um, movie Up. Uh, because oh it's, it's, this, it's, this, it's this old guy that just lost her partner, her, he, his partner, and, and he starts all this long journey to to find himself first but through that he starts developing empathy the kid that is there and how two different generations start developing this relationship it's all about building empathy but also understanding yourself uh, to develop empathy 
what an amazing recommendation and I reckon um if you make it through the first 10 minutes of that movie without at least welling up or shedding a tear then um yeah empathy checks <laughs> needed I reckon yeah it's a pretty yeah it's a pretty special beginning to a movie that what a great recommendation I haven't thought about that film for a long time but you're absolutely right yes yes I think that it's a and if it makes you yeah cry and it's because it, it touches that that nerve but but if you even if you've already watched it if you think about it in well like can I learn here from empathy it's that you will find new things because I've done it in the past and it's like oh yeah this this part when wow how they they start connecting it's 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 a pure exercise of empathy so that's so that's the one on, on watching on on reading on the opposite I gotta be more uh academic <laughs> but then I found uh there is a book that uh, Harvard Business Review did that is called Empathy but it's it's um a collection of um of articles but the article that I want to recommend the most from that book is one that they said that that is called it's hard to empathize with people if you've been in their shoes and it's because it, it talks about what I, what I was referring to uh, during our conversation that bring being very conscious that when you've been in those shoes, it's harder because you have to leave yourself outside if you really want to empathize with that person. Yeah. So, so I think that that's something that we all need to, to work on to, to, to become better at, at, at empathy. Because it's easier when you haven't been there, so at least you don't have context. So it's it's, it's easier to empathize. But when you've been there, it's harder. Yeah, lovely. Thank you. Another good recommendation. And I should say we'll put the links to these in the show notes as well. So if people want to have a a little delve, then they can. Yeah, awesome. In terms of audio, uh, I'm kind of cheating a bit here because it's kind of in between reading because they talk about the book but but it's, it's Oprah super soul she was talking to to Daniel Goldman about emotional intelligence yeah. um so I think that 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 podcast when when they talk about the emotional intelligence book which is is very famous but but again and uh, sometimes we think about in, it in terms of uh, how it compares to IQ, but if we think about the principles that he talks about it in, in emotional intelligence, is some of those principles about knowing yourself that could help you to to become a, a better at, at empathy. So, so that's why. And and in terms of practicing or pondering, um, it's, this is not going to sound surprising after what we've been discussing, but for me, it's about. Things like meditation, like being with yourself, like spending time to getting to know yourself a bit better and and sitting in in discomfort. Because sometimes that's uncomfortable also. Being with yourself and and, and working on on yourself is uncomfortable, but that trains you to to be better at empathy and being in, in discomfort with someone else's experience. So, so that will be my, my recommendation. Lovely. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time today, Carolina. Um, you've given us so much to think about. I mean, there are 
there are a few things that are front of mind for me that um that idea of awareness and am I kind of slipping into assuming that I know some things about this and have I done the work on myself to know whether I'm truly empathizing or I'm bringing and overlaying my experience um, and the other piece that really has resonated for me and I'm sure there'll be lots more for other listeners is um, that idea of empathy to self and the self-care and how important that is to be able to practice empathy with others the sort yes. of reciprocal nature of that I think you've talked really beautifully about so um, thank you so much for your time today thank you um, folks for listening we'll absolutely put all of these great recommendations in the show notes so for those of you that want to delve a little deeper along with um, links to Carolina's LinkedIn so that if you want to follow or connect and understand more about her work you can do that Um, and then we'll see you next week in the in another episode of in the arena where we pick up another leadership quality to explore Have the rest of a fantastic day wherever you are. Bye-bye. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, we'd love you to share the podcast with a friend or leave a comment on social media. And if you'd like to become a regular at The Coaching Inn, you can subscribe on Podbean and all major podcast channels. We look forward to welcoming you next time. You've been listening to The Coaching Inn, 3D Coaching's virtual pub. For more information, check out 3dcoaching.com